Hello and welcome back to season two of A Couple of Goons. I am Walt Hickey, and joining me as always is Neil Payne. Neil, Walt, how are you doing? Walt, I'm doing great after hearing that amazing music that I have not heard in however many months it's been since we last recorded. What? This isn't like the top of all your like Spotify grind playlists. Like I got to uh, do some-, some of us deleted Spotify after the Joe Rogan thing. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> and third chair, Joe Rogan joining us. Yeah, that's right. Isn't it amazing how these guys have sticks and they still are able to skate on ice? It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's crazy, crazy, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but we'll get to that part of the show later where we pitch Neutronics um, or whatever <laughs> brain ju- dust we're advertising these days. Um, well, we're back, and we obviously had been holding off until the big news dropped about what we'll right. get to a little bit later <clears throat> um, regarding the new Stanley Cup design. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we 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 knew one was coming on the horizon, and the we horizon. knew that we could not record until that came out whatever we said would just be insufficient of without the knowledge of what this would look like whatever we said would be immediately out of date (laughs) and invalidated (laughs) because this show has always been the the bleeding edge of hockey discourse um uh, so how how's your season been so far how have you been enjoying the year it's been a real roller coaster uh i don't know how closely you've been uh following uh the rangers or any team i've been uh, following the rangers i've been t- i've been turning on games in the background i have been pleasantly surprised with how, yeah. how well things are going um but yeah not so very much along for the ride yeah yeah, and the, the the season as a whole, just uh just a lot of ups and downs uh across all of it so far. I don't know if we want to just dive right in. Yeah, uh let's just kinda uh like let's keep it brisk. Like there's no need to ruminate in the bad era of coronavirus, but we can start there, um, as you probably must. <laughs> which which one? Yes, uh, which one? Great question. <laughs> yeah, you know, so hockey was, you know, feeling a little normal back in like October, November, first maybe like two weeks of December. Then things got pretty weird mm-hmm. and uh basically it was easier to count how many games didn't get canceled or postponed than ones that were actually played. Uh, and so, you know, it, there was a crisis moment, it seemed, for the league around that time, and they were scrambling around. And then the Olympics got, uh, you know, the NHL participation in the Olympics got canceled. That was a pretty big bummer. Uh, and and they used that time to fill in all of the missed games. And I think we're on track once again after this, like, crazy dump uh, of of rescheduled games, I remember there was one day in which uh, my colleague Ryan Best and I, you know, we we actually this is big news. We have an NHL model on the site at five thirty eight now. We have an interactive, so it's not just living at my uh, at oh, Neil's I, GitHub. I get dot- it. All of a sudden, Disney owns a couple rights for some hockey games, and then and then it starts getting the star treatment. I know it's amazing how that <laughs> works. Uh, so now it's no longer at Neil's Neil Payne's GitHub slash dot <laughs> no. com slash Neil's GitHub dot com. <laughs> it has been ceased and desist. It is now on uh, the 538. Yeah, it is. But I remember there was one time in which Ryan was like, hey, did a bunch <laughs> of NHL games just get like re-added to the schedule? I was like, yep. 
Uh huh. They all did it once, and now we have to uh, <laughs> mess with a bunch of things on on the model. But uh, yeah, so that was they they used that time to kind of make up some of those um, games, and you know, much like uh, a lot of things, like we were at the height of the bad time of coronavirus, as you <laughs> described it, and then like basically just as quickly as it came, it kind of went back down. God willing, uh, we're on the other side of it and hockey is kind of back to the way it was before. And now we're just sort of, you know, like everyone else, it's sort of like, okay, forget about all that COVID stuff. Let's talk about whether the Russian players in the league should be allowed to still play. And so I feel like that's where, that's where we're at. Now, just, now, just to catch everybody up, obviously you and I were cooling our heels a bit. To catch everybody up on what happened, I was in the AHL of podcasting yes. because of an injury. I was recovering right. from that. You're rehabbing And, on and you, as I understand it, you actually made a little bit more money overseas. Tell us about how it was in the Russian podcasting league. Yeah, it was actually in the Chinese KHL team, uh, which is a whole experience i was podcasting I about the them games it was majestic yes. Hao, everyone <laughs> uh but anyway so after after that uh yeah that was a whole other thing but i'm really glad that um you know they waited to until after the olympics to send me back over yeah uh, so totally. that, was, that was really nice of them to do <laughs> um but anyway yeah like there, there's a lot of uh stuff going on with that alex ovechkin i think he's talked to the press maybe like once since uh the unpleasantness uh started yes. <laughs> the, the putin chapter of the unpleasantness uh <laughs> began uh and of course longtime loyal listeners will know that we we're on this early we did a oh, whole yeah. episode about putin's fascination with hockey and how I had a very basic question, which was like, hey, what's the deal with Russians and hockey? And we spent an hour on it. You can go back into the archives, which are located somewhere. I don't don't know. I'm a little bit loose on where we keep them. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, we may or may not have uh, pledged allegiance to the Russian anthem at that time. That's something that maybe we want to scrub from the archives. If there is anything that we learned this year, it is that it does not matter what you say on a podcast as long as it was more than a year ago and there are only two guys on it. I don't know what to do. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And if it was on Spotify. And if it was 100% released on Spotify. (laughs) But... So yeah, that's that's basically where we're at now. And now the trade deadline, uh, which is like a thing, you yeah. know. I think we actually did an episode. What was like, what's the deal with the trade deadline yeah. <laughs> last year? But the trade deadline is Steinfeld <laughs> uh, just screaming, "What's the deal with the What's tra- the deal with the trade <laughs> deadline? Some guys stay where they are. Some get moved. I don't know. Who can say? Who uh, can say? <laughs> Kramer, you traded away my star defenseman, Jerry. Look, it was on the. <laughs> he was on the block. He's going to be a re- unrestricted free agent. Uh, Amazing. <laughs> really waited for all this. It waited to come back to bust out all of this. Uh, bad, sign, bad Seinfeld. This is Tonight on they Bad will, will not let you do on on unofficially licensed five thirty eight podcast. Yeah, this is hundred percent unofficial. I can break it out. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So that's on. Uh, I believe it's a Monday. March 21st. So like it hasn't happened yet, which is kind of weird because, you know, the all-star break has happened there. Uh, there were all kinds of uh, quote unquote fun shenanigans happening on the Friday night of uh, leading up to the all-star game uh, on the skills competition and everything. And uh, yeah, we still haven't had a trade deadline yet. Uh, I always kind of compare it with like the NBA trade deadline, which was like a month ago. So it's kind of weird that, yeah. And I think uh, the NHL regular season isn't going to end until like April 29th or something like that, which is also like 
basically a month later than it usually does, or like three weeks later. So it's a time it's is very, very kind of Major League Baseball to delay the start of their season <laughs> so that we can fully appreciate the the entirety of regular season in NHL. Oh, and that's that's totally. It's not about an impasse between the, the players and owners. It's not about the owner being <laughs> wait, greedy. Wait, wait, we it's don't really, use the L word. We haven't used the L word yet on the show. Uh, right, exactly. We're not going to talk about that. Although hockey is the lockoutiest of all sports. Uh, over, we still need to do our eight part documentary series on both the lockout and Wayne and, Gretzky and Wayne and, Gretzky's life. And, <laughs> and how and do they intersect? Uh, how you know, they, there was like one say. season where Wayne uh, only played the great one only played 48 games instead of 84. It was a, it was a catastrophe. Unbelievable. Try um, though. We might. Yeah. <laughs> um, do we want to go just quick round Robin around the league and talk about kind of some of the interesting things. I didn't know that we have so much to catch up on, but yeah, um, no, I can talk about, uh, I mean, do we want to do team of the year? Uh, yeah, so, let's do team of the year. Let's, let's start it off with who are you? It's a little the, tough. Let's give it three teams of the year because we've had yeah. a very long year. Who's in I the know, running well, for team of the year? You know, before this week, I would have just like Colorado avalanche, just put them immediately down and say like, book it. This is the team of the year. No question asked. Now they've, you know, they've hit a little bit of a snag. They blew a three nothing lead against the Devils. As a Ranger fan, you can kind of uh, understand that that's not good. That's uh, that's particularly bad. Yeah, <laughs> it is bad. Uh, they've lost three of their last four games, but I still they're still the favorites to win the cup. They still have a lot of great players. So you know, been pleased with seeing them. Like we know that they are a great team. We talked about them a lot last year. I think Incessantly, I even, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I even went ape shit over their uniforms. Uh, another moment of you know not totally proud of no it's fine they, they look good they look good they're they're a good looking team uh but anyway so they um they're the favorites to win the cup uh, probably team of the year right now i've also been you know you got to mention the tampa bay lightning the defending two-time champions they're right in that mix although you know they're we'll we'll see what they have come the playoffs they've they've been almost like Flying under the radar, which is weird, a weird thing to say about uh, a team that's won two straight championships. But at the same time, I think we haven't seen like everything we're going to see from them yet. And they're sort of holding their powder for the playoffs, um, which is like fine. I mean, this team knows about like holding certain things back until the playoffs. And <laughs> I was going to say, dry powder them. is a speciality of the Tampa yeah, Bay. <laughs> of course, yeah. Uh, although this time, uh, you know, aside from like a brief little kind of injury thing, Kucherov is actually playing in the regular season. He's which not is back a, at um, Professor Oak's office? It's, no, it's he's still, not. He's, 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 still not, not, okay, he's cool. not still being trained. He's not <laughs> kept in his uh, his Pokeball. Um, but anyway, yeah, so, you know, that, that team is going to be a threat in the playoffs. And like, there's a couple I want to highlight. I know you said three teams. I'm going to splurge yeah, and like double that. Three we, we've got the plus budget. Or minus three. We've <laughs> like, got the budget to double the number of teams <laughs> that, that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. But two the- Southern teams who were division rivals last year that we talked about as being mm-hmm. like, ooh, could this team be on the cusp? Could that be on the cusp? They didn't. They, they kind of didn't compete that hard in the playoffs outside of a few games but the hurricanes and the panthers they're in different divisions this year but both of those teams have looked incredible at times the panthers actually have one of the top 20 offenses in terms of goals per game relative to the league in like hockey history going back really? to like 1917 Damn. so this team is like a scoring machine so you know when i saw them beat the absolute pants off of 
some crap team, you know, uh, <laughs> earlier in the week where they dropped. It was it wasn't the game against the Penguins. I think it was yeah. a couple games before where they just immediately dropped like five goals on some trash team. I was like, okay, that checks out. You know, this team is gonna score like at least four goals, if not five or six. And I should say because of like ever since the the bad phase of coronavirus, even though like it's not really affecting the league in terms of like the scheduling stuff anymore. The, the scoring has just been crazy in the league so far. Uh, like it started out kind of normal and then that stuff happened and like scoring started to go off the charts and it yeah. stayed like relatively at that level ever since. Like I'm seeing. I was going to ask about that. There I've were noticed- games in which teams were winning like eight to two, nine to two. There was a Leafs game where they were leading like six, nothing and then almost lost. I think it was against <laughs> the Red Wings and ended up winning like nine to seven. It's like, that's a football score. <laughs> what is happening with this in hockey? I can't totally explain it. I don't really know. I don't know if it's just like defenses. You know, we saw this a little in the NFL um, during like the peak COVID year, like 2020, where like defenses just, I don't know if they didn't have enough prep. They didn't have enough cohesion. Uh, they weren't clicking like very well. Practice issue. Yeah, but they weren't clicking and offenses were just running away with things. That has kind of been the the, the case here in the hockey season. And so Florida, Interesting. Uh, even relative to that, though, because I said it's relative to league, they have like stood out above the pack. And then Carolina is just like a really good, well-rounded team that we thought maybe could knock off Tampa in the playoffs last year. Didn't quite happen, but this this year might be different if they if they do end up meeting up. And then I the two Canadian teams to highlight, of course, our friend the Maple Leafs. Yes, we talked about them at length last year. They are going year. all the way this year. This Mark is my the year. Words. This it's is the, the one. you know this uh, you know unlike the previous twenty five times when we said this was the year for them. That was uh, that this, was preemptive. We were, this is right. on time. We were just kidding. This is the year. We're totally serious this time. But no, I mean they're stacked as usual, and I'm really interested to see what they can do because it's like the typical case of yeah they have talent at the top end yeah they can score a ton of goals are they do they have the goaltending are they going to be able to hold up in the playoffs we don't know (laughs) uh we never know and so that's going to be fun and then the calgary flames have uh i don't want to say they've been on fire that would be a little on the nose but they have been great this year especially recently i think over the past you know like month and a half or something they might have been the best team in the league uh just in the way that they've come on and they're really well-rounded too. Um, they are. They have a plus over a plus one goals per game differential, which that has been sort of like a threshold for like you're a really serious Stanley Cup contender if you're at that level. But the great thing about them is they're the most balanced of the teams in that group this year. The other teams in the group being Colorado, Carolina, and Florida. But all of those other teams are either kind of slanted toward offense or slanted toward defense. But Calgary has been at least 0.4 goals Per game better than average on both sides so both huh. offense and defense they're the only team that can say that this year and so and they're also really deep they have a lot of guys that sort of like if you look at the profile of okay you know on a typical stanley cup winning team how many like elite guys do you have how many like really good guys how many like pretty good guys do you have if you look down the list of who they have they have that depth they have that profile of of players so i'm really excited to see what they can do especially since again we've talked about this at length 
Canadian teams have not won the Stanley Cup in quite a while. It's and been so a minute. Had, it's been a minute. And so it's actually, had, it's been a Canadian minute, which, as I understand it, is approximately 5% longer than the American. I don't I don't get it, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's uh, – uh, I, I don't know what the conversion rate is now, especially with inflation. You just don't you know. You really can't tell. Um, it changes it's, it's, all yeah, the time. It has to do with the meter in the yard. I don't get it. Anyway. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's some kind of imperial measurement. But <laughs> – uh yeah, if if you had to ask me which of the Canadian teams would uh break the streak, I would go Calgary. Like if you're if if you were asking me, okay, told me yeah, one of those teams is really? gonna w- win. I'm going Calgary. You would look a Toronto Maple Leafs fan dead in the eye and say, and say I think a Calgary. I, I think actually to- no, a Toronto Maple Leafs fan would look me dead in the eye and say, <laughs> I think Calgary's got it. I think that's gonna happen. Well, one thing we could agree on though is that the Canadians last year's Cinderella finalists, yeah. they are not going to win the Stanley Cup. No, they're not looking very good. What is going on with that? <laughs> Uh, I wish I could tell you. I mean, they've they've had like all the problems. You know, uh, Carey Price has uh, has been out. I think the whole year. Shea Weber has been out the whole year. Uh, a lot of the young guys that powered that run in the playoffs that we talked about, they have kind of fallen off. Uh, their coach, you know, they 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 stopped uh, listening to his message. He got fired. They replaced him with. Uh, a player that I really loved growing up, Martin San Louis, who uh, played uh, a minute for your Rangers also as well, but most no- most known for the uh, playing for the Tampa Bay Lightning when they won the Cup back in like 2004. Um, but he's been their coach. They've been better since he took over, but it's like far too little, far too late. But I can't remember another case, maybe not just even in hockey, but a case like across you know all sports. I know we've got things like the Super Bowl losers curse and things like that. Yep, but I can't. Think of a case where like a team went from, you know, they were three wins away from winning the cup. They were very I, I don't close. think we thought that they would win. And we were sort of like laughing them off. Like, okay, fine. You know, it was like, okay, it's cute that you guys beat, you know, Vegas. I thought it was extremely funny that they beat. It was funny. Like, yeah, yeah, it was very funny that they knocked off this like sequence of uh, heavily favored teams. But then once they got against Tampa, I was like, okay, guys. Yeah, like. <laughs> party's you know, over. Party's <laughs> over. But like, I didn't think that they would collapse this bad and i can't think of another case of a team just going from you know the cusp of winning a championship to literally one of the worst teams in the league especially up until you know the coaching change they've they've risen a little bit and like other teams like the flyers and teams like that the uh the kraken god we should talk about them at some point as well my god and and uh you know teams like that have sort of sunk below them the coyotes until they decided to win 9-2 against the red wings what i don't know what's up with that um but yeah those teams have kind of you know maybe montreal is better than them but like we shouldn't really be talking we didn't think we'd be talking about montreal in that particular grouping uh before the season yeah uh do you want to talk about the kraken because they're fun well yeah i mean they have to be one of the biggest sort of disappointments or kind of head scratchers of the season uh out of any of the teams you know we did a little talk it was either before the expansion draft or like afterward where we're speculating about Okay, can they do like a version of what Vegas did um, during their expansion year? Because Vegas, of course, you know, went to the Stanley Cup final. We're like, eh, they're probably not going to do that. That's a little bit much to ask. But, you know, probably they're going to be like, okay, they're going to be competitive you would think. And man, that has not been the case at all. And it's actually gotten worse as the season has gone on. Like 
at first they were not doing that hot and you could kind of look at the underlying stats and, and be like, oh, maybe they'll turn it around. You know, their goaltending has been just abject garbage, but like goaltending is fluky, right? Yeah. So that'll turn around eventually. And then, you know, they have some pieces that, uh, you know, in terms of the skater side that maybe they can kind of be a surprise in the second half and kind of win back some respect or something like that. That hasn't happened. They've been terrible and they've been like uniformly terrible, like almost wire to wire. And it's caused me to really question. First of all, I think it makes what Vegas did in uh, their first year so much more impressive. Like I thought, honestly, that the rules had kind of changed around the expansion process because, you know, the salary cap, we talked about it, about how like, okay, players that were maybe better than they would have been in a previous generation got exposed in the expansion draft because teams had financial considerations and especially with a flat cap because of COVID, you know, revenues being down, trying to uh, exploit that. And, you know, all the side deals and the side hustles that Vegas made, like they played that so perfectly. And I was like, well, you know, Kraken have like a, a playbook to work from. They have a script to work off of. And they, you know, there's been a lot of criticism that they haven't made that many deals. They, they didn't around the draft that much. They didn't afterward. The deals they did make were kind of weird. Like they paid a lot of money for uh, Philip Grubauer, the goalie, um, yes, who was a great that. goalie last year. He was and fun last of, year. I think he was a Vezina finalist uh, for all the trophy heads out there. The Vezina uh, being the <laughs> best goalie. We did an episode on that. Um, and we rated each trophy individually, which was fun. Um, but he has been bad. And so has all, all of their other goalies. They've just been terrible uh, and I think it's fair to say they've been the worst goaltending team in the league and that can really sink like any team to, yeah. to have the worst goaltending but especially if you're an expansion team and you're kind of counting like you know we mentioned the Florida Panthers when they were an expansion team in 1994 they were kind of the opposite they were like surprisingly competitive because they got John Van Beesbrook from the Rangers and he was like instantly one of the best goalies in the league and he kept them in games and so if all else fails as an expansion team like you can not nail your other picks uh, and your other acquisitions but if you get like a goalie that can kind of carry the load you're still going to be respectable but right. this is like the opposite of that form where they have guys that like in theory are like not terrible, but they've certainly been playing below what what it seems like they're capable of. And then on top of that, you have like the worst goaltending in the league. It's like, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do uh, around that. And that's why they've been one of the worst teams in hockey. And like I said, it just keeps getting worse. Like the, they've they've lost a ton of games um, either in a row or like in a short period of time uh, recently. Uh, and and they're just not competitive. So if there's ever another expansion team, like if they bring back the Quebec Nordiques or something <laughs> like that, um, I'm going to be like, yeah, they're probably going to be bad. And that's kind of like, you know, if we're doing Bayesian updating, we put <laughs> a lot of weight on that Vegas team and we're like, okay, things probably have changed. And now I have to do a little bit of an update and pull it back down to like, okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe you will look like the Atlanta Thrashers after all. <laughs> maybe you will give us memories of the Nashville Predators in, in 1999. Yeah, and for those of you who can't see, your, your room is just decked out in Nord Nordiques gear. Yes. It's like the Whalers and the Nordiques. It's just, it's top to bottom of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm all about teams that no longer exist. I do actually have a, a Montreal Expos hat behind me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, there's something to that. Yeah. Um, 
That's funny. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting because again, like I feel like their um, the draft, or I almost don't even want to call it a draft because it was an it was an, an announcement like last summer. Like they they kind of televised in the style of a draft. I think that was like the first big thing that ESPN really had with it, and it was like really slick in the presentation because obviously that was the rights transfer, which we will get to shortly. But like it was interesting to kind of watch that have like a real ton of potential and then just not really materialize in anything. Yeah. And I'm sure that they will be fine, like down the line, you know, like even these bad expansion teams, like the Ottawa senators, you know, in 1993 or whenever it was, they eventually within like five years, they were like, Oh, this team is like a surprise dark horse kind of cup type contending team, you know, up and coming team. Uh, And so I have no doubt that, you know, it seems like they have a great arena they have a uh, really stable, you know, ownership management type of team, great front office in terms of like the analytics staff that they have. Uh, and so, you know, I think that they'll eventually get it right. And and the league, you know, I think that's the advantage. Speaking as someone that grew up an Atlanta Thrashers fan, <laughs> uh, probably have mentioned that uh, a few times. Yeah, <laughs> that like, you know, that's a team that the league clearly had like not that much interest in seeing it succeed and sort of threw it under the bus at the first uh, opportunity. Um, but I think now in this current era of the league, and especially given, you know, just the fact that they, they put so much into getting Seattle as, you know, the expansion city and, and made such a, a big push for it. And Seattle, again, they're, you know, they're very passionate fans. Um, and, and, you know, ever since the, the uh, supersonics left, they've been like thirsting for another pro sports team. So I think the league is going to have a lot more patience with them. And, and that's another good thing because, you know, so many of the moves, I think, especially toward the end that the thrashers did, cause they were like, obviously they were bad from the start and, and had promise at various Basically. times, but mostly were bad after that. And then, um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, you're sensing a theme. They're bad. But then toward the end, I feel like there got to be this like sense of panic where they're like, oh, shit, we've been in the league for seven years and we haven't even sniffed the playoffs. We got to make crazy panic trades uh, for deadline rentals that at best get us swept in the first round of the playoffs, which is what happened uh, against the Rangers, I th- want to say, in 2007. And, you know, they like they got so panicked, I think, because they were like time's running out on us to be competitive. We don't know what's going to happen to the uh, future of the franchise that ironically they sort of sealed the, the, their own fate. Uh, and, and the first chance the league got to like move them to Winnipeg, they, they took that, that chance. Uh, and so I think with Seattle, they're going to have a lot more patience and they're not going to make like crazy panic moves to try to like, you know, uh, make a, a one year run at, at a short playoff appearance or whatever. <laughs> That's good. And I imagine also like the nice thing about that is that, they probably wouldn't have made that happen if Vancouver actually was making inroads down there, right? That that like it, they wouldn't have made the team if it was like competing with another team. Like you can see in in like the NFL or in or in other leagues when they do an expansion team, and like the the angle is always like, oh, this is cutting into X's business or Y's business. But like I feel like if it got to the point where they were comfortable making a Seattle team as a reality, it probably wasn't going to be. Like that, that this is just good business for them because that they weren't doing enough business in a, in a cold place where they should be doing business, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's right. And I think the league, uh, is in a position where like all the teams want all of the other teams to kind of succeed. They want the whole enterprise to succeed because there's such, 
an emphasis on revenue sharing in the NHL, particularly compared with maybe some of the other sports that like just that rising tide lifts all of the boats. And especially after, you know, they've, I'm I'm never one to like feel any sympathy whatsoever for team owners or whatever, but you do have to say that like, uh, you know, especially in the Canadian teams, uh, they've been playing with like empty arenas for like large chunks of the last like two calendar years or whatever. So it's like, uh, you know, revenue probably could be better and, and they're hoping that it will be better, but certainly, you know, getting an expansion fee and then also the revenue from selling out the building in Seattle and all of that can only help. And then, of course, like you alluded to, the new TV deal and just having a larger footprint across um, the country and trying to kind of push for the, you know, the sport to be uh, more of a, a big deal. And I think having it on ESPN has already done that. I mean, it's like it's also been a good streaming deal for them not to get too into yeah. like the business side of it. But like, you know, the NFL is still working on their big streaming deal for whenever it happens. Right. Like all the all the individual like Fox Sports will have a little bit of something. But like it's always interesting just to like, no, this was a very digital first deal, which felt clever on their part. But yeah. yeah, and I've been loving it. I mean, I think, you know, as someone that would watch a random game on like through NHL, like the app or whatever, the official, I forget what what the package was called. You've it was basically like, the, it. yeah, I know. <laughs> the, I think it was just straight up NHL.tv. It was like just like MLB.tv. But, um, you know, that has all been transferred over to ESPN Plus, And it's been like totally seamless. I still just watch games every night like you know that was what was hardest for me about that time when all the games got postponed or whatever i was like i have nothing to watch tonight i'm not gonna (laughs) i'm not gonna watch hockey um so yeah just the fact that uh that that you can get it all on espn plus is a is a bonus to me so yeah promo code neil Payne in order i wish (laughs) well actually i don't know that they could do a brand deal with this i don't i'm an employee of disney aggressively but this is off the books like legally we structured this podcast so that nobody owns it it's like anyway (laughs) unfortunately uh you know we've hit the middle of our time which means that it's time to begin the segment that we've all been waiting for uh which is obviously the in memoriam segment and you know this year we've lost a lot we've lost a network we've lost you know the previous arrangement when it came to you know neil there's no easy way to say this but how else am i supposed to watch a car auction in this country anymore? i know the meekum car auction <laughs> i feel like elton john is gonna start singing for a second but sing about a car auction yeah, no, it, it, this is the karaoke version, so he's not. So, but if you want to, you can. Neil, Goodbye, you can. Mika Mokshun. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we lost we lost NBC Sports, formerly Versus, formerly, you know the formerly. <laughs> formerly what is the it? Outdoor Life Network. The outdoor, we lost the Outdoor Life Network. This year. It's, we lost We are the world. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so that that died. I mean, the clip of it dying was one of the most interesting things that I've ever seen because it was literally a Meekum car auction. And I was then... going to ask, was Meekum car auction like <laughs> yes, literally the last thing that it was. was on? They had that, a bunch of... That's a little like when they played on the deck of the Titanic as it was like going <laughs> down. <laughs> Except instead of nearer my God to thee. Nearer my just, car to thee. It was somebody auctioning off a mid-century charger. <laughs> do I hear, hear 12,000? Do I hear 12.5? Gentlemen, it's been an honor and a privilege to play with you these days. Uh, but no, um, yeah, no, it was the last <laughs> thing. To bid that they with should... you. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, so other than that, that's the only thing that I had in the memorial segment. But yeah, so it's um, NBC Sports is out of the picture. Yeah, that was that was a touching tribute. I was actually pretty surprised. <laughs> I was tearing up a little bit when you said that. Uh, I, I didn't know that that was coming. So um, yeah, 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 it was a real kept surprise. That one to quiet me. in the chamber. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so now it's uh, ESPN and TNT. Uh, TNT carrying. Yes, and TNT has been. Kind of interesting. I think they're still sort of feeling things out. Uh, like we noted, I think we, we emailed with each other after the first one of like, yeah. ooh, maybe, you know, maybe before trying to turn Wayne Gretzky into the next Charles Barkley, they should have like listened to <laughs> Wayne Gretzky speak <laughs> at any point. Um, yes. But I think he's like found a flow. I actually like the group that they have. I, th- I feel like they have like a fun group where like Gretzky is sort of the reserved, um, you know, sage of the group, but then they have some kind of wild and crazy, like younger guys like Paul Bissonette. Uh, they got Anson <laughs> Carter on there. Who's like, you know, the, the pros pro. Yeah. And, and so I feel like they have like a nice mix on there. Uh, and it's also for the ESPN side, it's been great to hear the theme and to have the, you know, my only complaint is that they didn't bring back the iconic, uh, NHL on ABC theme from like the early 2000s because they had a different theme composed by the same guy that uh-huh. did the NHL on ESPN theme but they had like a separate theme but they've they've, they've had some ABC games I think they were doing one every weekend now but there was like a day after Thanksgiving type of game and all I saw that. that yeah yeah and they still use the ESPN theme so I was a they little bit no bummed about identity that. for the that's bullshit Maybe they're they're saving that for the playoffs, much like the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, they've got that theme on long term injured reserve. It doesn't count against the cap. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm to live that down. Yeah, no. Uh, but but I'm still waiting for that to make a comeback because you know, like I don't know, the whole thing is like a big nostalgia trip for me, but not just me. I mean, clearly a bunch of people are are into it, uh, and and that part has been fun, and it's been part like you know, I like the new voices that they have on there as well. Uh, and so, yeah, I think, I think, uh, it's been, you know, I liked NBC sports network, but it's, it's been kind of nice to see like a change of the guard, I think. Yeah, no, I get that. I also have been, you know, I have the luxury of enjoying the local team, which means that I can watch it on, you know, MSG, uh, you know, yeah, Sam Rosen, with- Sam Rosen. It's great. You know, um, who's the guy who's the goalie, the tall guy. He's great. I love Henrik him. Lundqvist. No, come on. I know who Henrik Lundqvist is. Super handsome guy. Yes. Stop. I mean, they're all. Anyway, um, another change this year, speaking of the Gretzky family, actually, is you can gamble on games. Um, How is that? Speaking of the Gretzky family like that. Um, So um, that has that's been a change in a lot of different sports. Um, Has have you do you think that that has changed much in hockey in your experience? Because obviously you have much longer term view on this. Um, I mean, you know, it, uh, in in terms of the number of uh, ads that I'm seeing, like it's not it great. is, I'm not loving absolutely it. Absolutely wall to wall. Yep. Uh, like every game, local, national, whatever. Like I'm getting inundated with ads. Uh, you know, if I had a gambling problem, this would be uh, maybe not great I news. I don't love it. It's not uh, good. I don't. I don't. But like, it's not I, an awesome look. But I know why. Like, you know, I know that once that Pandora's box was opened, that the leagues themselves were like, well. We can either control. We can either let it, like this is going to happen one way or another. Mm-hmm. We can either be part of it and, by extension, make money off of it, which is their most important um, yep. consideration, 
or we can like not be part of it. But I, I think they were just like, well, it's better for us to be involved in it. And I don't know if I agree with that because I don't think it's a great look to have the league be partnered with, you know, things that set lines that might potentially have like a stake in who wins oh, yeah. a particular game or not. Even I think that like- that is pretty bullshit icky. calls from referees. That's always gross. Even right? like Calvin Ridley, obviously different league, but like, well, I was going to say, there's we a haven't... dumb schmuck in every league. Who's going to freaking do it. Like... Yeah. And I was going to say like, we haven't necessarily fully seen like a Calvin Ridley. We did get Evander Kane, who mm-hmm. I believe was like his ex-wife accused him of gambling on games, but then they did a deep dive into that. And they were like, Evander Kane has done some stuff. No doubt. <laughs> but we can't find evidence of this particular thing is like, he's done other things that are objectionable, but <laughs> let's um, be clear. This, is, this man clear. is not innocent, but it is yeah. unclear how he is guilty, <laughs> Yeah, but he hasn't like, he didn't Calvin Ridley, um, uh, the, the same way, which I, I, you know, I feel bad for Calvin Ridley. I think they're making an example out of him. Uh, and that somebody tweeted that like he lost, he lost $10 million on a $1,500 bet. He lost ten million dollars. Like he, that, that, those are the worst odds. That's like some, in the like, history of gambling. That's like being on the wrong side of GameStop. Like that's fu- that's like insane yeah, money. Yeah, like, you're the last person holding GameStop. You're stock, the bag holder, and it's, for, and it's for March twenty twenty one or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Fuck. it's bad. So like, I feel for him, and I feel like he was made into this like example so that other players would like not think about gambling. But I also feel like they are kidding themselves if they think that 100%. Calvin Ridley is not the tip of the iceberg, not the entire iceberg. We're going with a lot of Titanic metaphors. A lot of Titanic metaphors and I'm okay today. with that. Yeah, I'm um, good with it. Yeah, I just listened to uh My Heart Will Go On, so I'm okay. Really? And uh, they did find they did find the boat today. Um that was Yes, the, the endurance. Arctic. Every single like every like it's it's great because I feel like when I was in my early twenties, I nobody would care about this. But now that I'm like in my thirties, I know like four people who care about it. And my friend who are in their forties, they're like, all my friends are fucking hyped over the finding of the endurance. Right. Like, my mom just, texted me about it. Many many oh. people texted me because yeah. they thought. See, here's the deal. I'm not an Arctic guy. I'm an Antarctic guy. All right. Yeah. If it's got a dog sled, I'm in. If it's not dog sled, I don't know what to tell you. Um, Northwest Passage. Pff, come on. Uh, <laughs> Um, You're not super excited about the uh, soon-to-be warm water ports Russia will control oh after God. climate change uh, <laughs> affects the uh, the the polar uh, ice caps. If we keep talking about Putin, he's going to show up like Beetlejuice after the third. Reference. Yes, that's true. <laughs> if we mention his name enough times, um, but yeah, I like that. Like, I'm not an I'm not an Arctic guy. I'm an Antarctic guy. I mean, that's a huge distinction. It's huge. I don't think that people appreciate the distinction. Like, yeah, I like my pole to be continents 100 percent. yeah it's it's frankly non-committal if you don't anyway right that's enough you can get me rambling about the antarctic versus the arctic such as the fact that um the word arctic just means there are bears here and therefore antarctic means there are no bears here and that is how we decided to name our poles are you serious that is what it means that that, i believe the greek or latin is like arctic just means like there's bears there and like wow yep well, I was, uh, you know, I was scrambling to try to find if any um, players were born in mm. Antarctica, but yeah. I can't find any. I guess they would have to be born at like the scientific research station Edmonton or something. Scott like that. Station or something. Yeah, yeah they yeah. would have to like. Uh, but no, there's plenty of uh, plenty of players have been born in pretty cold places. So let's not, you know, yeah. Mince what do you about that? Once when we get hockey. back, we'll have to talk about who the southernmost born player is. And it's definitely going to be South Africa now that I think about it. Moving on. <laughs> and there are players. yeah, there uh there's one player 
You caught me at the right time for this research. Oh, so oh, and this is a great, great player. Do they have like the latitude and longitude of their birth? <laughs> like, well, it is Johannesburg, uh, ah, so we can figure that out pretty easily. But no, <laughs> the only player in NHL history born in South Africa is Olaf Kolzig, also known as Oli the goalie. <laughs> uh, who I'm not even making that up. He backstopped the 1998 Washington Capitals to the Stanley Cup final, whereupon they were promptly swept by the Detroit Red Wings. Mm. And he sort of wrested away the starting job um, for the Capitals from a guy named Jim Carey with one R, not oh, two, no. whose nickname was the Net Detective. <laughs> so, like, Wait. there's a lot. There's a lot. The going 90s on. were awesome, and we the need to find a way to get back amazing. to it with science or magic. <laughs> but, oh, my um, God. Yeah, look, I will be the first. Forget the metaverse. <laughs> metaverse. that. I need the 90s verse. Yep. Uh, God. Take me back to 1996. D- don't say that again, because they might actually do that. That would be a way to make the metaverse work for a lot of people. <laughs> but like- <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I'm not going to sign up for it if it's just a disembodied uh, uh, upper half of a Zuckerberg. If they but, told me th- in the metaverse. But if Spin build- Doctors is playing constantly <laughs> on the radio, I'm there. If you tell me in the metaverse Bill Clinton is president and no, he's not vegan, I would probably be interested in the metaverse. <laughs> um cool so we found our southernmost player um we think we think um so let's see we've done the immemorium we've done what's up with that i think that we need to get to the meat and potatoes of you know what brought us back together which is Uh, um i mean you know we lack emily tonight uh but i think that we can you know dabble in design discussion for what is the new stanley cup logo and I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. So, you know, this one came out to a lot of fanfare. I, I think it was just maybe a slow news day for like <laughs> Greg Wyshynski or something yeah. where like it, it, but there was like a lot of like, they're going to release the logo. Oh my God, they're going to release the logo. And then like they did release the logo and I was pretty excited when I saw it. Uh, and then I was just like, Ah, okay. Like I like the level of detail on this cup. And uh, apparently they like meticulously studied like 40 different angles of the actual cup to try to like render it in like the most realistic way possible. And like that, that comes through. It, it's got the little like, you know, you can tell that their names etched into it. Really nice reflection in it. I like the note that like the you know, the bottom of the, the little like crest type of thing is, uh, mimicking like a, like a championship banner. I like that, like the little mm-hmm. backdrop to it. Um, I don't feel like it's like that different in, in terms of the color scheme though, than the previous one, like the previous one cup was still pretty cartoonish looking yeah. as opposed to this realistic one. That's like the big difference, obviously different font, different, you know, kind of, uh, general, aesthetic but at the same time the colors you know it's still like black and silver basically uh and i was really hoping for a return to some of the more kind of crazy colorful like 90s again yeah i'm biased but i thought that there were cool logos back in like the 90s i'll just say listen i've been following a hockey for a long time basically a year now all right i I am a hockey guy from way back when approximately last january and so I just, you know, as a long time fan, this is just, I don't get it. I don't see it. It's just, it it seems like a dereliction of their traditions. It seems like they've lost their roots 
which is you know the roots that I stumbled upon last year. I mean, it's um, the only logo you've ever known. I mean, let's it, be honest; it's the only logo that we've all ever known. All right, there's hockey nothing started in 2020. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so what do you what What do you really think about it? Do you not like it? I, well, I think here's my pro- i I think it looks great. I think I'm interested in how it looks like like you know stenciled oh, on the too. ice yeah like or on the jersey gonna, i don't think it's patch. gonna look good i think it looks very good in like an svg file i don't know if it's gonna look really good in the flesh um, oh you mean things put on an ice surface are not infinitely scalable without any loss of resolution is not exactly the goal <laughs> um i will say i enjoyed how they were just like oh this typeface is from the hotel where we invented hockey and this typeface is where yeah the fr- that like, is cool that's clever i, I, I like, like that. those little I like the little explainers because now you get mm-hmm. the little explainers behind like why logos, uh, you know, what this is a nod to. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I love the fact that it was inspired by the signage outside Montreal's Windsor Hotel. <laughs> like who would have gotten that? Like no. probably you could have counted you on could have called one hand. Windsor Hotel and they were like, no, our font was like this didn't New Roman in 1830. <laughs> um, it was the- clearly Helvetica. <laughs> the... Um, so my only quibble with it is like, again, beyond like, I want to see how they pull off eligibility because I think that the unique, um, contours of this sport may not make it look awesome in the way that it looks great in an, an NFT or whatever the hell they do. Um, <laughs> that being said, I think it looks a little soccer to me. It looks I like, I was Ooh. just like, it looks a little like, oh, Barclays sponsors this league. Yeah. You know? Especially with the fonts. I feel like that's like a very Barclays, uh, premier league font. Yes. I don't know if it's exactly that font, but it's like if you put it into what the font, it yes. might return the same font. It might, as it the might, if it League. doesn't, if it doesn't return Barclays, it will return another like upper crust British investment house. Like, right. Exactly. Um, yes. Yeah. No, that's a good point, and it's you know, I don't know necessarily that the previous one was. You know, like, I don't know that this is, I don't think this is a downgrade over the previous oh, one. No. That's I think it's fine. Sort of like, but I was hoping, you know, the uh, the other consideration is that, and I think Emily criticized this too, uh, when she was on the show, we were talking about championship patches or logos or whatever, yeah. is like, so the NFL went through this period where they just had this like copy paste Super Bowl logo that was like silver and black and it had the Lombardi trophy and like the the Roman numerals under it and those changed but aside from that nothing really changed and they kept that for like a decade all throughout the 2010s um and it was a huge radical departure from the previous era of these like fun colorful thematic like each city you know the host city they would tie some kind of theme and color scheme and whatever to mm-hmm. the Super Bowl logo. And instead you ended up with like a whole decade of these, like frankly, really kind of boring, uh, sterile, uh, just uninspiring uh, copy paste logos. Yeah. And that had kind of also been the case with the Stanley cup playoff logo. So when they said they were going to have a new one, I was thinking like, maybe this will be a return to something thematic or something colorful or something, you know, that kind of changes on like a yearly basis or, you know, sort of has room for, for uh, a little innovation or iteration. Yeah. And I'm a little let down that this seems like not that. 
Uh, and even this, the NFL moved away from that because you saw the Super Bowl logo this year. It had like palm trees in it, it and a little bit of like kind of, you like know, it. orange. When yeah, I like, the, I like it when it sometimes looks cokey because they have it in Miami. I like how like, I like that. Sometimes it looks fun. Well, um, it should represent, I think. And again, I came from I came of age during the era of the like kind of out there uh, thematic Super Bowl yeah. logos. But like there was nothing wrong with that. And I think more sports should embrace that. And it's a little tough in um, in hockey versus the Super Bowl because, like, the Super Bowl, you know well in advance where it's going to be. So you can make right. it very thematic off of the host city in a way that, like, you don't know who's going to host the Stanley Cup final. And to a certain degree, it doesn't matter that much. Um, but you could do different things. Like, in the 90s, there was one year where, you know, the, the patch had, like, a black background and kind of orange exploding out. But then they changed it uh, the next year, and it had, like, white in the middle of it with some orange and blue. And so you could do that with the Stanley Cup logo and just kind of change it up or make it interesting, you know, and, and kind of draw a little more visual Capture interest to it. the spirit of the times, you know? Yeah. Like this, it, again, it looks like, again, it looks like Lord Stanley's Cup, if you know what I'm saying. It is, like, yeah. It no. is a little funny also, again, if you look at the logo, it's got like this, like again, very new, sleek, modern, pseudo-banking style logo for the cup. And then it's got the NHL logo right underneath. And it looks like, if you've ever seen my favorite picture on the internet, and you should search this, just search like albatross parents with albatross chick. Um, it's the greatest thing in the world. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll albatross search Albatross parents with baby. Parents with baby. And let me make sure. It's and the, I see the two. Uh, yes. Very beautiful, majestic. Beautiful. Birds. Majestic. And then this <laughs> scruffy ass <laughs> little like whatever kind of thing. thing. And that's what the Stanley Cup NHL logo looks like to me. It's just Ooh, like yeah. beautiful, ornate, serene Stanley Cup logo. And then NHL. Like, <laughs> haven't touched that in years. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, I have a problem with this NHL. You know, they've had this logo since, I want to say, since the the event, which the event. we still have not uh, gone into detail on. But um, they, they've had it, and they used to have one that was like the same logo, but it was orange instead of silver. And maybe that's a little tacky, but also brought color to yeah. uh, to the logo. And and this is very important. This was the key change that they made. And I'm not even making this up. Uh-huh. They, you know, in the past, in the previous logo from the 90s, the the little stripe that said NHL, it was slanted downward. And they changed it to slant upward because they were like, our league is on an upward trajectory now. No. I, sh- I shit you not. That is literally, no. I am not making that up. I wish I was, but that is literally the reasoning that they gave for switching. Because like, if you go back, look at the other one, it points down and, and it had been like that for like years and decades. Uh, and then they changed to this current one that's like silver instead of orange. And, and the NHL kind of slants upward and they're like, we're, we're going places, baby. We're, You're we're, not kidding. we're on the rise. They had, the, they had one from 1917 to 1946. Yeah. Which that probably looks, looked like kind of sketch. I it guess. looks like a cop designed it. And then you have one from 1946 to 2000. Well, they are shields. They're all shields. <laughs> so, like they're all badges. Basically. Imagine this earth. Amer- the world has just had the most shattering humanitarian event in its history. World war two has come to a close a nation of, 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 you know, 
damaged men come home and, and they want to turn on the TV and what do they want? A redesigned NHL logo that True. will remain in place until 2005. It's like, can we get, can we at least get a slightly less sickly shade of slightly orange, less shade. yellow orange on this? And he's like, yes, yes, we can. And we also can make it look Badge-like, but a different shape of badge. Yes, it literally, like, if you want the brighter version of orange, it's going to contain some radium. I'm just telling you right now. (laughs) We don't know how many players died from that exposure uh, (laughs) over the years. But we did put the logo directly over their heart, which is, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It probably, you know, it strengthened them. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, so we have this logo. I don't know. I can't believe that they flipped it up because they were just like, we're on the way up. That's so... Yeah, no, it's I'm that's not so making bad. That. I do love the L-N-H, so like the uh, French-Canadian version of oh. it. Uh, Ligue Nationale du Hockey. Uh, and the, yeah, there's a French logo if you, so if you look it up. It's the same logo. It's the same logo. <laughs> yep. Just like the letters are are, uh, are switched around. That's great. So that's fun. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and now you know how to say NHL in, in French. League National Hockey. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the good old L and H. Just like Brad Pitt and Inglorious Bastards speaking <laughs> Italian. Yeah, right. Um. This is great. Uh. So, you know, so yeah, I'm curious. And, and to your point earlier about how it like, uh, renders, yeah. uh, on surfaces, I'm really interested to see it in like patch form because yes. I do know that the patch game has dramatically changed since even like 10 years ago, uh, but especially since the nineties where in the nineties, mm. anytime you had like a logo for something that was going to be on a Jersey, one of your big considerations had to be kind of simplicity just to make sure that it could be like sewn, like the embroidery sewn or did something. not have embroidery. a lot of good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and now, you know, they're using like technology to create these sort of like plastic looking, you know, screen print, whatever type of items that then they iron on. Gary, uh, or sew the planet on. is dying. Can we just, the planet's dying, Gary. We Gary. don't need to, like, Gary. the embroidery was okay. Don't make it plastic, Gary. God yeah, so, it. but I do think that that might have been a consideration here where they're like, we, you know, we have the technology. It's a little like a $6 million man. We, we have the technology to do this. Uh, and so we can actually make a super photorealistic, ultra detailed version of the Stanley Cup that then we print onto a plastic patch that is like hyper accurate and doesn't warp. And then we put on the Jersey. We can do that. Uh, and, and that's where the, the Super Bowl patch from this year, you know, was made of that same stuff. And we saw the, like the world series logos now that they put on jerseys, uh, in baseball are now that, that like plastic material, like you don't have a sewn on world yeah. series logo a- anymore, including the hats. They'll put that plastic on the side of the hat as well. So I think that we're in a brave new world of jersey technology, patch technology. Fast fashion played a meets role. very unfashionable old men who run a hockey <laughs> Like Fast fashion. Just like fast food, but for fashion. Oh, God. Um, so we have like five minutes left. Uh, I understand that you went on a field trip lately and you wanted to read out your... Uh, my, my verbal yeah. Yelp review. Yeah, so I went to a hockey game this past weekend, ah. and I saw the New York Islanders at their new arena at Belmont Park, uh, and 
right next to the racetrack, by the way, like literally we parked on the other side of the racetrack. And then they said, you can either take a shuttle from here (laughs) or I'm going to, I'm going to warn you straight away. It's going to be an eight minute walk otherwise. (laughs) And we're like, uh, you know, it's not that cold out. We'll, we'll take the eight minute walk. Uh, but, but some good men were lost along that eight minute walk. I'm not going to lie. We, we lost some folks. No, it's okay. Uh, and so we went there, uh, and I liked it. I thought it was great. UBS arena, right? UBS arena. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought, you know, getting, getting to the parking was a little bit confusing in terms of like, you know, you get off at the, what you think is the arena exit. And then you kind of wait in line, go past the premium parking. They tell you to get out at exit 22 D. Uh, then you have to go past 22 B very confusing, but, uh, no, ultimately it was fine. Uh, we, we went there, had a great time. There's like a ton of bars at this, which is the first thing a lot of people talk about with this arena. It's close to the LIRR too, right? Oh yeah. It's like right off of it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's not bad. Uh, and, and I thought that the arena itself was, you know, pretty great sight lines from all over. Uh, it has like a little nice, um, area where you can it's like a pavilion where there's like restaurant type things you can still see the game the organist is right there which is fun there's like a little lighthouse behind him Um, and then uh yeah they got like a jumbotron that you can basically see from like anywhere in the uh the arena um and so yeah i thought i thought it was pretty pretty great so uh that would get like a Four and a half stars. I think once it'll, it, it would bump up to a four and a half after um, I'll give it four now, but I think they're still making like renovations, changes to it, uh, you know, additions or whatever. But I think uh, right right now it's like a four. It'll be a four and a half down the line. But I enjoyed it. Yes, that's and- your that's your arena review. And so I will actually just take a second to review. Uh, I broke into the closed Nassau Coliseum and watched a rat fight. Um, I did not win my bet, so I then had to go through the gauntlet, which I do not recommend. But um, yeah, zero out of five stars. Uh, We've all been there. um, Actually, no, what you're describing is just going to a playoff game there last year. So (laughs) yeah, Uh, that's fun. Uh, I guess they're doing concerts. Maybe I'll like see My Chemical Romance there in five years or yeah. something. Like, no. who knows? Yeah, I, I, they, they're definitely doing concerts uh, <laughs> like any self-respecting arena would to try to recoup revenue on non-game uh, days. What are you going to do? No, uh, what are you going to do? So I feel like that, that wraps it up. We'll see what our schedule looks like because this is fun and I have missed you and I have missed yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> I, missed, I, I missed this tremendously and there was no good reason why we stopped doing it. I mean, other than Ooh. the fact that you were writing a book. I was writing a book. That, that, you know, that was a little, <laughs> little side side hustle little that side you were working on. on, you know, but how could that could get in the way how of us that? doing a totally unpaid nope. I believe that that Pod, my book leave started exactly when hockey season started, and I, and I was just like, "Man, both the producer and one of the co-hosts on this podcast are writing a book right now. We got to like." Um, but now, now uh, we do owe the listeners though yes. uh, that multi-part series on Wayne Gretzky. Yes, uh, and, uh, and an explainer. Yeah, about it's, the a, it's definitely in the can. It's um, been in legal review. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but well, uh, once we got talking about Janet Gretzky's gambling, 
we had to consult. Hey, wait, you, you, we know the forms. You can't say any more. Oh, no. I've said too much. (laughs) One reference per day. Um, yeah, we'll do that. That sounds fun. That's a good time. I would like that. But yeah. Um, And, and, you know, hopefully we can be back on a, uh, quasi regular basis. Quasi regular basis schedule. Because we are getting to, I think, the interesting part of the season. You know, we rode through, we would, we honestly would not have had a lot to talk about or would have been pretty depressing. Most of what I needed to learn to understand the first half of hockey season. Now we're getting in the good shit. And so I am glad that we're doing this again. Yeah. And we'll also do some live episodes. By live, I mean you and me in the same room, not like with an audience, but like. Well, I mean, look, know. if we could drum up, you know, a dozen or so uh, listeners, we we could all meet somewhere. Yeah. No, I've seen bars where that happens. It's definitely not weird. Um, yeah. But yeah. Not at all. Um, but yeah, so we will we'll do that. Um, but anyway, uh, where can folks find you, Neil? <laughs> Oh, we're we're still we're still going to do that. I thought that no, uh, people would know. Oh yeah, people know. Okay, so in that case, uh, bye. Uh, f- wait. Yeah, there we go. A little rusty. <laughs>